Welcome to Radio Free Murktown, a podcast focusing on and funded by the gaming community at ExplorersUnlimited.com. More than just another play-by-post website, Explorers Unlimited is one of the world's largest online communities of Palladium Books fans who are taking part in a single epic storyline in each dimension, within which all player characters can interact. Explorers Unlimited, where the only thing missing from the greatest adventures ever imagined is you. And now here's the host of Radio Free Murktown, Lloyd Ritchie. Welcome to Radio Free Murktown number 58. I am your host, as always, Lloyd, uh, otherwise known as Augur on EU and the other sites. And uh, we have a pretty fun little uh, uh, treat for us today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to present you with an interview uh, with author Stephen Dawes. Steve, why don't you say hi and uh, introduce yourself. Hi and uh, introduce yourself. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Yeah. So again, yeah, the, uh, Stephen does. I am one of the freelance writers for Palladium Books. I am also the host of the uh, of the Beyond the Supernatural fan site, the House of BTS.net. Uh, I have written several articles in the various Rifters, and I have a source book that is going to be released here, looks like within a month or less, and it is the Creature Features source book for BTS. Okay, uh, so can you talk at length about that? Or are you under NDA? Or oh, I, I mean, I can I can tell you all sorts of snippets and bits and pieces per se. You know, I can't obviously like read directly from the book content, but yeah, what would you like to know about it? Well, please do tell. Uh, I'm just, I mean, BTS is one of the. It has a niche following that's super intense right uh but it's very very light in its support outside of rifters um so there's a plenty of rifter content for it but there's very little official support so everyone's still waiting on arcanum on you know any number of anything really to help support the the content like so uh like over the years, I've been using like Box Nightmares and the uh, first edition and, you know, stuff out of Rifters and what have you to kind of supplement BTS2, which has never had any extra content made for it. Um, so what, what's the book about this creature feature uh, and uh, whatever you want to share? Yeah, actually. Uh, all right. So. Uh, kind of a quick side note to that too. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying the the box nightmares uh, book because one of the next projects that that Kevin and I are working on, I'm going to be revisiting some of that uh, that old material and you know for future uh, future source books. So get excited, everyone, and tell your friends. But I'm putting the cart before the horse on that. As far as creature feature goes, uh, creature feature. Um, um, I, as far as the original idea that I had behind it was kind of like what you were talking about that, you know, I use a lot of material from uh, the various uh, Rifter books over the years. And I've used a lot of it so much that I felt that, you know, these these should all be compiled into one book. And that kind of became my my initial inception for how Creature Feature came about. You know, I, I collected various creatures from the various uh, uh, Rifters and put them all in one place and then i started adding my own to it and as i was writing it and was you know, was getting in conversation with kevin about it because he got on board with it right away and loved the idea uh i you know it's it's basically it started to expand you know it, the, the title creature feature was something i had early 
uh, and, and I knew I wanted it to be about the creatures and the whole creature feature mentality. Uh, and but in doing that, I wanted to expand on some things, you know. So uh, basically, for the first time, there is going to be a section dedicated to rule clarifications and errata on how the uh, on how the materials and the rules and such of BTS two will work. Uh, I am I've also included a a game master section dedicated specifically. Uh, on you know, basically on vi uh, on advice on how to use uh, use the said creatures in your game, uh, and I, I touch up on the proximity and the threat levels and ISP modifiers. Uh, you know, and looking into some of how the psychic abilities uh, work. Uh, I've I went in depth and went into the whole entire basis of how uh, on how transform uh, how the when the supernatural transforms or otherwise tries to hide itself in plain sight, uh, the effects that it has on the on psychic abilities uh, and and related it related information to that, uh, because as you know, I always felt as how the rules were written, uh, if you had the right kind of uh, psychic in the group, in particular, say like a uh, psychic sensitive or a diviner. Uh, you know, a lot of times it just becomes a case of a simple hunt, uh, you know, follow, uh, follow the magic energy and you'll find the creature no matter what it is. And that particularly, you know, I always felt was it, it, it kind of. And again, this was all based on interpretation and depending what GM you talk to, but that's how I saw it. So I specifically uh, made a section uh, dedicated to looking into, you know, when a creature's trying to hide. It is stifling its supernatural uh, energy because, again, all psychics are all sensitive psychics and diviners can track a uh, supernatural being by following its, you know, the its, you know, its alignment that it radiates. Um, so, but now it stifles it, uh, making it harder for uh, for them to be able to do so, and it's, they're going to have to rely on other abilities and a little more detective work and intuitiveness to find uh, certain creatures, especially those that are specifically trying to hide themselves uh, from the public. Uh, along the lines, and when I started writing about that, then I kind of dove into some other aspects like advice on running modern day uh, horror RPGs, as again, as well as using those supernatural creatures in your game. Um, side note, I put a pin to that here for a second, because uh, Kevin and I have talked about it, and we have decided that in the future, uh, um, we do want to get together and make a, a GM and player's guide for BTS, uh, probably not until after the magic books come out, but that is something that, that I, I've got pins in and I've made notes to get started on. I would really love to have a player's and GM guide put together. So, uh, that's something I'm looking for in the future. And now back to creature feature. Uh, I, I include all sorts of adventure ideas uh, throughout the book. I talk about all the experiences I've had running some of these creatures, uh, including a which, you know, this is kind of a, yeah, I, I, actually, I can talk about this. It's not a big surprise. But uh, two of my favorite creatures from the first uh, Beyond the Supernatural book did not make their way over to BTS2, and I think Kevin had the intention of adding them to a tome grotesque at one point, but I asked, I was like, Kevin, I'm making a creature feature book. I have two creatures in particular, the Nacarant and the, uh, and the Malignus. And I, uh, you know, they're two of my favorite monsters. I would love to bring them over, expand on them and, and talk about them and add them to the book. And Kevin gave me the go ahead. So some classics from the first are coming over 
and it's not and I'm not just doing like a direct port. They are being updated with information you know, relevant to BTS2. And I talk about my insights and experiences of using said creatures over the years. Uh, those two are some of the earliest ones I used, and I've used them many times since over my 30 years of being a GM. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of adventure ideas. And uh, because I've been given a rare opportunity when the Gormaglut was released as a uh, as a sampler for the upcoming uh, Tome Grotesque book, uh, Kevin got in touch with me. Oh, Kevin and Wayne asked me to consider working on an like an intro adventure to uh, you know to to describe the the Gormaglut and present an adventure for the uh, characters uh, to deal with. And I wrote I, I wrote that, and it was called the Squatter. It was the very first thing. I had ever written for uh, for Palladium at all, and you know it it was my first time really trying to write anything of substance. And frankly, it got the job done, but it was it was a jagged pill trying to read that thing. So I took the opportunity uh, to go in and basically rewrite the entire adventure for the Squatter from the from the Rifter. I think it's uh, I want to say it's number 32, I believe you'll find it in. But that doesn't matter because you won't have to read that, that that crappy article ever again. It's all being rewritten. It's being expanded upon with, you know, the experiences that I've had of running that, that particular adventure over the years. Uh, so you'll, there are lots of adventure ideas throughout the book. Uh, there's going to be new background and setting information for BTS. Um, and I've gotten to see a lot of the artwork. Uh, Kevin's been sending me uh, materials, especially from uh, from artist uh, Steve Cummings, which those of you who are familiar with the Wayward comics, what I'm talking about, he's also done artwork for a few other Palladium books recently. And I'm a bit I'm, I'm a big fan of his uh, of his comic style artwork. Uh, Nick Bradshaw and I think a few others will be doing artwork for it as well. And it should be probably about, I think, uh, I think the goal is to hit about 192 pages. Uh, Kevin is uh, doing editing work with it now, as I understand, or, you know, or, or will be in the next week or so as now that he's finished, uh, uh, now that he's finished with the, the, uh, the latest riffs book that he's uh, working on. So I don't have a specific page count yet, but I would expect, yeah, about 160, 190 ish. Uh, for it and that in a nutshell is creature feature wow okay so yeah that's a that's a lot to take in but that sounds like a i don't know um it sounds like your it sounds like an atypical version of a bestiary uh, if you have like notes and references to how i've you as a gm have dealt with it that's like an extra layer to your standard uh you know monster manual and, you know, I thought the same exact thing. I I did not want to just kind of come up with a black and white, you know, monster manual of, hey, you know, this is, you know, this is a book of monsters. Here's creature featured. Read through your monsters. See you later. And, you know, if I did, the book probably would have been about half its size and would probably would have been especially dry because, Honestly, uh, again, there is not a lot of GM advice for BTS or really the horror genre in general, um, you know, available in Palladium. There are some snippets that you can pull from the Dead Rain books as well as Nightbane if you want. But and while they have their similarities, it's still not quite the same vibe. So I, I realized if I'm going to write this thing, 
I have got to add, you know, some of my own insights and advice and, you know, what makes these monsters tick. You know, to me, it's not about the stats and the, and the powers and such. It's all in about how you use it. And yeah, I pepper in a lot of examples and samples. In fact, uh, one of my favorite parts of uh, the first edition uh, BTS, uh, where it was Eric uh, Wusik's bits, where he would kind of write out like scripted discussions between the GM and the players. I emulated that and, and I took direct experiences from, uh, from, you know, from my being a GM and a player uh, with other, you know, with other experiences from my past. And I use those to help describe or, or discuss, you know, what's going on with a particular setting or monster or, uh, you know, or, or a psychic ability or what have you. I, yeah, I did not want it to be a black and white. Hey, here's some monsters in a book. Uh, go ahead and make use of them. I really wanted to get my own voice into it. And again, I, I think I have a pretty fair amount of things to say as I have been doing this for 30 years now. And most of that 30 years does include uh, BTS. And even when it didn't, because I had about a 10-year stint where I was exclusively playing riffs, or while well, running it more, more than playing it. And even then, almost all of my, uh, my riffs games had more uh, you know, horror angles and, and such to it than anything else. So I, I never strayed far from the surface. And when BTS2 came out, I immediately hopped back on that bandwagon. And I've, I've stayed, for the most part, exclusive to that ever since. So I've got a lot of, I, you know, I feel I got a lot of experience and information to offer that just hasn't shown up in the books yet. So this is kind of my start to doing that. Well, that, okay, that's, yeah, that sounds awesome. Because um, that, that's always something that's kind of, a, probably is a universal disappointment among gamers is about monster manuals is that kind of one dimensionality to them. And so they have a, they have a strict, they have a strict utility function for GMs, right, and uh, and or just for reading pleasure, but I think that added layer. I think that really adds a lot of value to the uh, to the book. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that coming out. Um, and I'm not gonna ever ask you about timing about when anything's gonna come, is expected to be released because we understand Palladium. Um, Beyond Arcanum, though, I would love to tell you to tell me whatever you can about this uh, because this is something that. Quite frankly, if my wife wasn't so attached to our only child, I think she'd be okay with leasing that uh, said child out, if not an outright sacrifice, in order to get a, a copy in hand. Well, I uh, I can I can only offer so much, but what I can state to that is, while in the process of, of working on Creature Feature, I talked with Kevin a lot. I mean, we were on the phone. Quite a bit, which it's only now finally starting to sink in that that feels like, you know, kind of a, a pretty normal thing. It, it's, you know, for the longest time, I used to just buzz about the weird fact that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in one of the fortunates where my first my, my first real RPG experience was D&D, like a lot of folks in the 90s. But the second game I got into was the TMNT book. And and as fate would have it, when I went to get my own copy after playing it with a friend of mine, I, I found a copy of BTS as well, the original, you know, the first edition. And most people have heard this story through various uh, other, you know, on the website or other, um, uh, excuse me, or other conversations and podcasts and such I've had. So I won't rehash that here. But long story short, I recognize the cover, uh, you know, artist uh, Richard Corbin is my, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore uh, I, I love uh, horror 
and comics and magazines and such. And so did my mom. You know, she kind of got me into that in the day. She's a pretty vintage. She's kind of a vintage horror nerd. And I recognized his artwork uh, so much. And I, I didn't know BTS even existed. And uh, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, hey, this looks like the same company that made TMNT. And I'm like, oh, it's about modern day horror. This is kind of speaking to me. So I ended up buying both, the, you know, both the books that day and history was made. So anyway, th so finally, almost 30 years later, after my inspiration being with Kevin, you know, being pretty much where I again, once I got into Palladium, I never left it, you know, I, and I ran. You know, with a few other games here and there, but for the most part, Palladium has has been my wheelhouse since I started. So the fact that I've been getting in so many conversations, you know, with, with Kevin on the phone and emails and whatnot, you know, my head it was uh, it was generally on the, virtually on the grounds of exploding every time I talked to him. And it was really only within the last couple of times of working on this book that I finally started to calm down and. Yeah, you know, you know, hey, you know, he's, you know, he puts his, he puts his pants on one leg at a time, like the rest of it's, it's cool, you know, don't, don't freak out. But anyway, yeah, so in the middle of all those conversations, getting back to the point at hand, uh, you know, naturally working on creature feature, I had to ask him, you know, what are, you know, what some of the, uh, the plans and ideas, and you know, what kind of template, I, you know, thing aspects you know, is magic going to be with uh, for Beyond Arcanum, and uh, and also before I. Quick side note to that: I've been playing this. Uh, I've been playing Second Edition for 15 years, and I have not needed uh, Beyond Arcanum. It's it's not a required part to play it. So those of you sitting on the fence or feeling weird about it, you know, you, there's there's plenty of material now to enjoy as you will. That that's my soapbox. I'll step off. But what I will tell you in the meantime about Beyond Arcanum is that the magic system is going to work very similar to how the psychic abilities uh, work in, in BTS. Uh, that well, the second edition. Yeah, you know, it's gonna have it's it's gonna have proximity to the supernatural situations. Uh, depend. I think there's there's gonna be a uh, no, yeah, I, Kevin. One of the most one of the most uh, question one of the most uh, commonly asked questions I would get is, are there gonna be mystics in uh, Beyond Arcanum? And uh, talking with Kevin about it, both of us agree that yes, mystics will be showing up. I've never actually played a mystic, and I didn't realize they were that popular. But uh, there you go. Uh, get excited about that, everyone. But um, anyway, uh, there's there's a few other catches and tricks uh, as far as how uh, uh, of how this of how magicians might work. Because again, it is you know going from the from what you're familiar with with psychics. If you're not in the presence of the supernatural, mages don't have a lot of power to work with and to be able to do other things uh, or to be able to do things when they're not in the presence, they're generally going to have to, you know, they're going to have to come up with other ways of doing it, which can include everything from, uh, you know, storing uh, PPE and, and amulets or whatever, uh, you know, whatever trinkets and abilities and such they can get. And some of them are also, this is, and again, until it's all written in stone, none of it's 100% guaranteed. But what is expected to happen, or what what uh, what what I hope to get involved in with this too, is that some mages are going to have to make uh, packs and agreements with supernatural beings to be able to get uh, to be able to use magic when they're not directly involved with uh, the supernatural in front of them. So that's that's one of the angles we're going to work on. And you know, every supernatural being that makes packs is going to have expectations and rules and requirements that they're going to want in return. They're not just going to give them something for nothing. But on top of that, uh, the spells are, are actually going to turn out to be vastly different than what anyone else is going to expect, uh, how spells are going to, uh, 
are going to work in BTS uh, because again, you know, I, I, there are spells and riffs, for example, that do some incredibly physically outrageous things where you can cause earthquakes and just cause all sorts of crazy havocs and destructions. Um, you know, but the magic is so strained and hard to come by in BTS that you're not going to see grandiose uh, spells like this for the most part, save for on the rarest of occasions. And so um, kind of give uh, and also again, as it works with psychics, Magic, uh, magic spells, you know, uh, certain types are going to be far more effective on supernaturals, where uh, some spells are going to be far more effective on mortals than they are the supernatural. And kind of where an example of that is going to be, you know, the good old, the good old fashioned fireball, you know, magic missile type thing, something every self-respecting, uh, you know, Arcanist is going to have in his, you know, in in his gear at some point. And the idea of like how magic's go or how the fireball is going to work in BTS is that you know, should you launch a fire fireball at a human being naturally the first thing they're gonna think is oh holy crap duck you know it's they're they're you know they might look like these spectacular things but should they actually hit them you know it might singe their clothes a little bit maybe do like a point or two of uh, of sdc damage but for the most part they're gonna you know any human that gets hit with this thing you know while it was a blazing really cool uh, looking effect they're gonna think oh this was some kind of pyrotechnic trick or an illusion of some sort it certainly you know wasn't you know certainly not a magician casting a fireball you know that's that's impossible you know the supernatural and magic none of that exists you know that, that that's just crap however you launch the same said fireball at a supernatural being you're going to be charring flesh away from the bone and causing you know the you know the damage done to it is going to be far more effective uh, than it would be against mortals now and there is going to be spells especially like particularly in say like illusions and uh, and there will be other uh, other spells that can be effective against uh, mortals and such as well. But uh, again, you know, magic is going to work a lot different, and the spells are going to you know a lot of the spells are going to either be tweaked or probably written you know entirely different. And that's kind of one of the holdups with Beyond Arcanum is it's going to be a writing intensive project because of the you know the unique style that it is. I get you. Um, that. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm like, my mind is totally understanding the, hey, that's a kind of a clean port of multiple, multiplying that multiplication effect that we're all familiar with in BTS2. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty clean port. And then what you're, when you're talking about, hey, damage changes, PPE costs change. I'm like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes everything a little different. And so, yeah, I can see how that would be pretty writing intensive. Um, we do have a, a question from among the uh, listeners, and uh, this one's kind of, uh, well, it, it might be in your wheelhouse. I'm not sure. Uh, but the question is basically one dealing with uh, uh, Palladium Fantasy lore and BTS lore regarding the old ones. Is there any crossover regarding the uh, lore surrounding the old ones uh, touching upon uh, BTS? Unfortunately, um, I am not the one to really ask for that as far as I'm concerned, especially since it's all part of, you know, a megaversal setup. I, I would be really surprised if it wasn't possible that the old ones, uh, you know, that the lore that you can see from that probably exists in some shape or form, even if it's in tattered, uh, you know, bits and pieces amongst various tomes hidden away in places. Um, you know, I could very, I, I mean, you know, 
it's easy enough to see that there would be uh, there would be cultists and outright cults out there that would worship the old gods if they knew of them and had their uh, and had their lores. And frankly, I, you know, I said, I cannot state officially for sure. That's one that you would want to aim more towards Kevin. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah, I can see it absolutely happening. And I would, you know, and I would support that the lore of the old ones is something that you can find in various tomes and possibly in a cultist, uh, cultist mantras and, and what have you. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty cool. I've never even considered that before, but uh, that sounds uh, really cool. Uh, that could be a nice little uh, mirroring of like the, you know, Cthulhu and Hoster cults and what have you. Well, maybe it's Natosa or you know uh, one of the uh, one of the others, uh, great old ones uh, in uh, the BTS world. So that's an interesting uh, mirror. Oh yeah, I, I agree. And there's uh, there's there. Excuse me. There are other angles to that, too, that you can consider as well. Um, you know, it, it, there's one way to look at it is how much interest in BTS Earth might the old ones even have in it. You know, I mean, there, there's a couple different angles to look at because, you know, I, for example, one of the reasons that, that you know, that, that BTS Earth has basically being spared from all the Minion War stuff going on in so many other Palladium uh, books is effectively it's it's low level magic uh so you know magic level of uh a bts basically is protected it because there's just not an easy way to get to uh you know to get to bts earth um th those those that are big fans of the minion wars which i you know there, there are aspects of it i absolutely adore and one of my favorites is the whole angle of how hades and dival there is no known you know, easy access or ability to get from, you know, to just get from Dival and Hades so they can fight it out between them. But, the, you know, they, they've been mapping out for ages various dimensional doorways and possibilities of getting uh, from there to the other place. And uh, I actually, one of the future adventures that I want to write out that I've actually done in one of my games here actually included a Minion War skirmish on BTS Earth. And it, and it kind of went into that whole issue of, you know, it's incredibly, you know, it trying to invade BTS uh, Earth is just not feasible at this time unless the conditions are right for it. And, you know, so that's that, that's another angle to look at as well, is that, you know, a lot of the monsters or a lot of the creatures like the old ones, unless they can find an easy enough way to get to it, uh, which would probably have to come in the form of, you know, of uh, cultists opening up a doorway for it to get to Earth kind of a thing. Uh, you know, uh, BTS, it, it, you know, the world of BTS it, it is kind of somewhat protected just because of the fact that it's a low and environment but that doesn't mean it's you know that that you can't get there you know there there are a lot of different angles to look at as far as you know what uh, what incredible creatures would have an interest in you know in, in bts earth and why and which ones might already be here or have easy access versus otherwise kind of like for example um the Splugorth uh, creatures from Rifts, uh, as I understand it, they prefer worlds that are already rich in magic energy and really wouldn't have much of an interest in BTS, you know, beyond uh, you know, beyond the abundance of what's like 300 populations, like what, 300, you know, so many billion people. That's a lot of great livestock and feeding ability, um, you know, for a Splugorth, but he's got plenty of that elsewhere. You know, there's not a whole lot uh, of interest for him to put the resources into getting to Earth. So currently, not to say there isn't younger Splugors hungry to make names for themselves that might try, 
but you know the it, that's one of the angles that we're going to look at in uh, you know in beyond arcanum yeah I, whenever it comes to uh like thinking about different settings i always think back to the megaverse builder and its explanation of uh dimensional fabric and everything else how it just basically categorizes the construction of a dimension so i always thought of uh BDS Earth as a very weak PPE uh, like planet, but with like a highly dense, almost impermeable uh, barrier. Uh, so it's hard to get into. It's like really hard to get into. And especially since it's such weak PPE, there's almost no reason to. And it's not going to attract a lot. Uh, agreed. It's it's one of the reasons why it's able to live in its own quiet little uh, hub. And, you know, the majority of humankind does not believe in the supernatural or uh, all the horrible creatures and such that truly do exist out there, simply because there's no way for, you know, for the vast majority of them to get here. And that's also why, you know, uh, again, you know, all the all the nearby dimensional onion slices if you will that that surround bts that's one of the reasons why so many of the creatures and such that you find on bts earth are pretty much unique to it because they have resources and accessibilities that others don't and there's i one of the things i want to tease on and do more in the future is that i i also i've also kind of thrown out and you might see a little of this in creature feature you know again pending kevin's edits and what have you one of my favorite angles to go to is a lot of the creatures in, in BTS are basically, uh, you know, as I've kind of written them, I've left crumbs that maybe they're actually creations of, of the human subconscious uh, or, or the conscious creations. You know, I've, I've got a lot of different angles that, you know, a lot of the monsters that exist are because of, cre you know, we're, we're creating them. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, we don't have, we have the key, but we don't really know how to use it, so, but we're still creating them. So, you know, angles like that are, are things I've kind of been peppering in to, you know, make more of an interesting world of BTS. Ooh, that's an interesting thing. Uh, this this actual terrible thing is a manifestation of the collective psyche. Yeah, yeah, and ooh, yeah. There's some there's some uh, definitely stuff to play with there. Um, regarding uh, the other uh, stuff that we've seen hinted at uh, over the years, like Beyond the Paranormal, Tom Grotesque. I think Tom Grotesque might have been one of the first things mentioned. Um, what, can, what can you tell us about that, uh, these things, uh, content-wise, um, any amplification of the setting information? Uh, go crazy. Well, as far as Beyond the Paranormal, that is, uh, that, is one of the, that is one of the source books that I've been slowly putting together over the last few years and that is based that is dedicated to kind of the other end of the uh, the spectrum which goes into entities and spirits and the invisible beings basically the more ethereal uh, uh, beings and such you know, that exist in B uh, on BTS earth um i uh, i love ghost stories you know, and they and i actually for for several years about 15 years ago or so may you know, give or take a few years I spent a few years where I was the, uh, you know, where I was the head of a, a ghost hunting group here in, you know, in, in Nebraska. And, you know, I, I, you know I, I enjoyed it that much. I grew up uh, reading and enjoying various ghost stories, read a lot of different works from like Hans Holzer's and, uh, and, and whomever else have you. And, and you know, I, 
I love, you know, the unique angle of how BTS looks at ghosts because, you know, when you say ghost of the average person, you know, it's it's almost like a discard, you know, a disattached human spirit, uh, you know, from, you know, from the physical shell that used to hold it kind of, a, you know, kind of an angle. And while some of that I, you know, I, I do want to make a note that some of that is there in various forms, uh, you know, ultimately it, it does come down to, you know, entities that are feeding off the PPE you know, that that you know we as human beings released uh you know as we were living uh and uh, and i was you know, and it's literally a ghostly version of what you were in life is is the kind of mentality that it keeps and you know there's there is a lot of room to play with a lot of different angles you know of that as well as coming out with a lot more uh a lot more mischievous uh you know creatures or well creatures not uh, more more like mischievous minded spirits um uh you know and, and kind of like for for example i have some minor supernatural entities that i want to work with uh which will include things like uh uh, you know, well, for lack of a better term, the name, uh, the working title I have for this one is is the Freon Ghost. That's really, you know, it is all about, you know, just what it sounds like, you know, dropping the air temperatures, the dangerously low levels around you. Uh, you know, they they like to ambush and catch you when when you're not there. Uh, you know, especially it's it's almost like suddenly the room that you're in gets as cold as a meat locker, as and then from you know, as it gets cold enough, you kind of see a foggy, you know, the, the, this this entity of a foggyish creature, almost like it's so cold it's actually you know the uh, uh the condensation and frost is actually starting to appear uh, you know for you know in the form of the end i've got a lot of different creatures from like these minor nuisances you know all the way up to you know far more terrifying and grander spirits and that's my angle of what i want to do with beyond the paranormal and i also want to go into that you know bring, uh, coming up with more um and, and kind of aiming more uh, what, what's a good example i want to i want to uh, do kind of a touch up on the uh, the psychic mediums as i you know a lot of the abilities of the medium i think kind of gets overlooked and is misunderstood with the average gm if if only because you know they, there's not a lot out there there's not a lot of information or advice on you know, how they can make use of of, of me of what the medium offers i also want to go into a parapsychologist uh and and you know, i i want to get a section dedicated to some of the toys and gear that they use uh, i want to get a you know get more involvement in with the uh, with the nega psychic the nega psychic is easily one of my favorite uh psychic classes but i don't recommend them unless you know unless the player feels they have a firm grasp of what bts is about and really the only way to get that at present is by experience because they're you know what the only thing you have otherwise is what's written in the book and i have uh i've seen you know i've seen a couple of people try and make it to varying degrees but it's just a really hard character to play you know in this kind of game uh or in this kind of environment especially with all these other players when they're psychics and such so there's you know there, there's more advice and bits and, and pieces and angles that i that i want to provide in it so that in a nutshell is what beyond the paranormal is about i don't really have a, a dedicated release date on when i want to bring that out because again that one's kind of been a labor of love that's been a that i'm kind of putting together uh, slowly over the ages um but uh you know who's to say uh so i got that one and as far as the the, the tome grotesque uh, angles that is going to you know that those are you know were really what i think kevin had in mind is, is you know similar to how creature feature is I, I as i understand it uh tome grotesque is going to get into a uh, new supernatural monsters uh new uh new angles of, of how to use them i think it's also going to go into like various cults and lore 
floors uh, behind said monsters. Uh, for example, when uh, when Kevin and I were talking, um, there were a couple of creatures that show up in BTS One that I wasn't necessarily opposed to bringing over, but I, I hesitated because some of them are very magic oriented. You know, like the uh, like the Goku comes to mind, uh, and uh, you know, and a few others where you know the magic is a big part of their being. And until uh, until Tom Grotesque comes out, which is supposed to come out before any of the, uh, which is I understand, I think Kevin's plan was always to have uh, you know Arcanum come out, and then the Tom Grotesque were going to start following. And I think that was intentional because that'll allow a lot of the more incredible magic uh, related types and the cultists and groups uh, that 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 support or, or you know, look at these creatures as benevolent beings or what have you is all supposed to be a part of what the Tom Grotesque books are going to be about. And I and I specifically say books because I think Kevin plans on using uh, you know the like the sixty to ninety page uh, uh, tomes to kind of you know, to kind of go into particular highlight particular uh, styles and and features uh, of the particular monsters and and the world of BTS that surrounds them. So that is uh, that's what's going on with those. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> when you uh, you had mentioned uh, near the beginning of the uh, our discussion uh, the, your introduction to TMNT, uh, can you tell me? And, and you know, you're mentioning a lot about the non-corporeal kind of spirits and what have you, the more ethereal threats. Uh, it just brought to mind the fast food burger being from Truck and Turtles. Uh, <laughs> is that one of the things that kind of in, uh, grabs your interest when you see things like that in non-BTS kind of stuff? I, I actually that was easily my favorite adventure in Trucking Turtles was that particular uh, intro uh, that that particular adventure and I would uh, I would love to kind of maybe revisit that and, and and have like an updated uh, adventure of that to show up in a you know show up in a in a, in a future uh, BTS book I you know because I know that you know I get that that worked really well in a TMNT game but you have to kind of play that a little differently in, in you know in a BTS setup it, it can be done certainly but you know again there's there's certain kind of like unwritten laws at this point and angles of how you want to look at something. You know, you have to be able to, whenever you design something, for example, you kind of have to keep in mind, what is it that the non-believer is going to look at about this and still not believe that any of it existed at the end? And, you know, with that one, you would almost have to treat it like, oh, hey, you know, the, it was it was just a puppet. It was just a, uh, you know, it was just a corporate trick, you know, trying to look for free press while, they, you know, to open the store. I mean, you know, there's there's got to be ways of looking at something. Thing that you know does that that is not going to make be so monumentally incredible that it's going to start changing the minds of everyone who looks at it because that 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 completely goes that's basically antithetical to the the world of BTS. Yeah, everything in BTS has to be subtle, or uh, you know, you can you have to be able to cast doubt upon it because oh, come on, this doesn't exist. This is all this is all make believe stuff. Uh, one of my favorite discussions uh, with Kevin that we've talked about too is, you know, there one of the one of the notes or one of the sections at the beginning of the book referring to no tangible evidence. That's basically priority one. Anytime you're you're doing, or if you're doing any kind of creating, or uh, whether if it's an adventure or a new monster or whatever, otherwise, that's always the first thing you got to run through is, you know, is this going to create any kind of tangible evidence of the supernatural, and that there's even a potential hint that it could. Yeah, you you got to go back to the drawing board it's you know it, it's it's anti uh like I said, it's it's antithetical to bts and it's not cool to do it that way yeah 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 for the more for the more obvious uh you know play riffs 
or uh, you know, I, I always thought of, I always thought of um, Heroes Unlimited and BTS as kind of uh, existing in the same kind of place because there's very minimal magic in Heroes Unlimited, and it's kind of described as a very PPE poor place. So, uh, like even the, a lot of the different so-called magic classes are really just, uh, you know, gifted, uh, bestowed super abilities. Uh, so it's explained in another way. I think the only actual mage is their wizard, the mystic study character. And, uh, I mean, they have potential to be really cool, but, uh, I, I think that it's the fact that, uh, PP isn't heavily modified in that setting that makes it actually potentially pretty badass. Whereas if you just diminish their PP, like in BTS, to such a really low level that I think maybe then it would be uh, a bit more of a, a viable character class for BTS. What do you think? Thoughts? You know, I, I'd, interesting enough, I uh, I I had cut my teeth again on on TMNT in the day, so naturally, Heroes Unlimited was a book that I bought. Uh, you know, a couple of months later and added into it, and that's where I really dove into like the whole superhero angle as much as the the wizards and such. But in you know, really since about 2000 on, I haven't really visited uh, Heroes Unlimited in, in, in a long time, so I don't. You know, the wizard is not. Yeah, you know, I'm. I guess I'm. I would say I'm pretty rusty with what I remember of it because i know there were angles of you know you had wizards and you had like the enchanted object angle and a few others but a lot of that's just fuzzy to me but um as far as what i think uh, works best in, in bts that's not related specifically to the arcanist uh would be looking at the sorcerer class from the nightbane books in particular in the through the glass darkly book they have a they they have another re-example of looking at the sorcerer and they also go they also talk a lot about magic tools and abilities and there is a select of spells in the book that work really well to BTS and if I have any say so I'd like to see a lot of those get a direct port over from that book into the uh, Beyond Arcanum books when they're released so in short while I don't know uh, I haven't looked at the Heroes Unlimited uh, wizard enough to really state you know how well he would or wouldn't fit into the game setting I can state that there are resources and other books that, that you know that will work such as the Sorcerer from Night fantastic a lot of this is uh is uh being provoked uh and this this uh this discussion is so timely uh because on eu we just opened up a beyond the supernatural setting uh when we hit a, a 50 supporters and uh so you know we're just looking for a gm uh, there is ample demand uh for uh, from players i think it got a eight or more votes so it had a, a dominant share of the of the vote the votes cast and uh so yeah this all kind of dovetails and ties in nicely plus you know we just had halloween but um uh, th this has been a uh, really interesting uh where can uh, people uh find out more about your work um uh what's your website how can people contact you what's your access on social etc please uh, advertise and show for yourself brother I appreciate you asking me because I'm really bad at promoting myself. I'm reminding of I've, I'm reminded of this constantly, so I'm glad you brought it up. But yeah, the easiest way to really get you know to get a hold of me and through what I do is would be through my uh, my fan site, which is the House of BTS dot net. Uh, I've I've been building that 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 little house has been my uh, has been my ongoing project for actually I think it's going I think ten years 
next year, I think, is when, uh, you know, I, I didn't, time flies. But um, uh, in the House of BTS, I've got everything from uh, house rules that I use in my game. I have uh, I have creatures uh, that are exclusive to the house, you know, for various reasons, such as the artists and, and what have you, um, the artists behind the illustrations and such. Uh, they will not ever be presented in any of the uh, Palladium books. You will only be able to get certain creatures and items and materials uh, through the, you know, through the House of BTS. Also, every pre-gen that I have ever created, um, you know, every pre-gen that I've created and make use of in my uh, in, in the games that I GM at gaming conventions, and that includes uh, the uh, the Palladium Open House and, and anywhere else that I've you know that I host games for. Uh, you know, I, I always have a I have a too many uh, pre-gens. Uh, in fact, uh, and all, every one of those pre-gens, in short, is available in the House of BTS to download. Uh, you know, and you know I've been touching up and working on my own character sheet that looks very similar uh, to the one that's in the uh, the back of the BTS2 book, but I've actually kind of tweaked them over the years from uh, you know based on the playing and efforts I do to either get a little more uh, either get a little more space and mileage out of the spots as well as uh, as well as uh, just kind of make it easier to read and, and shoehorn more information because you know I, I have things like where I hate blank spots and things like that. But uh, you know I I've, every one of them's written on these nice Excel sheets. Um, yikes, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, every every rifter that I think has useful material to uh, BTS, I give note of it in the library section and what book it is and what the articles are. And every article that I've written is also noted throughout that information as well. And not all of it's exclusive to uh, just the, the BTS items in, Rif in the rifter. There are other sections and other uh, articles that I found in the rifter that I think work really well to BTS. And I've included those as well and kind of my notes as to why. Um, so, so again, uh, I think I already mentioned, you know, I, I've got house rules. I've got explanations uh, such as like, you know, issues on traversing the, you know, in the sewers and, and other other examples and ideas that kind of help GMs along with, uh, you know, making better use as, uh, you know, as GMs or as players as well. There is a, you know, there are several pages worth of adventure ideas, uh, just kind of various bits and pieces that, that I've added on. And also because it is a fan site, I also get an influx of material from other uh, players and GMs as well. And as I get them, I do post them to the house. So yeah, there there is a whole pick and mix and a mixed bag of various things hidden all over the house. And I'm not going to say anything more than this, but there is a hidden page or two in the house where you know if you can you know if you happen to spot the you know the the, the clue or whatever that shows you, and there's like a page dedicated to uh, you know where you have to be able to find it. Uh, I also have Halloween exclusives. Unfortunately, those of you listening to this have missed your opportunity. Uh, you know, uh, during the month of October, as Halloween uh, Halloween and Christmas or, uh, you know, kind of fight and, and vie for first and second place for me at any given time. Uh, during the Halloween season and during the Christmas, I usually include, uh, you know, items that you can only get during, uh, during you know, the month of either October or December or what have you. So it's it's always good to check in periodically. Uh, you can you can also, uh, I'll, there is a Discord page for it as well as a Facebook page. I need to, uh, I need to get into the Explorers, uh, you know, in, in your newly opened BTS server section. I need to add an invite link to the Discord because, again, I'm really bad at doing this. So uh, now that you've reminded me, I will make it a point to do that. You, you can also reach me uh, by email at host of the house of BTS at Gmail. And uh, yeah, I think those or through the Facebook uh, site, you know, house of BTS Facebook page would be the other way to get uh, to get in touch with me. I, I try to I try to pay attention to that one pretty regularly. And I think those are the easiest ways to get to me.
Well, I will make sure to uh, get in contact with you and uh, get your uh, get the House of BTS uh, uh, linked up in our, for the its Discord page and uh, for the website as well. I can get those linked up in our in our own Discord server. And uh, see, it's been a, it's been a fantastic time talking to you. And have a great day, sir. Yeah, you too. Talk to you later. This has been Radio Free Murktown, a WMRK production. Contact us at RadioFreeMurktown at gmail.com and support Radio Free Murktown on Patreon for as little as $2 per month. Visit us on the web at ExplorersUnlimited.com for more information.